Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Crime and Coffee Couple. My name's Allison. And my name's Mike. Hi, Mike. Hey, Al. Good morning. Good I'm, morning. Well, or afternoon, as it were. Or Well, for us right now, it's morning. It is. It is. But I like to talk to all of our listeners. So, like, I was just thinking, you know, we mentioned it was cold the other day. And I was like, is it cold in Australia, too? Probably not. I think it's probably summer over there. Yes. So. Other side of the world. Yeah. Good day to your summer. And I hope you're enjoying and surfing and all that stuff. Not getting eaten by sharks or any of that bad stuff. Our dog was just outside and her legs were like trembling as she was peeing because it's like 30 something degrees here in tampa yeah and uh, everybody else in the usa is like okay yeah uh, tell me all about it when it's zero where i am and uh you're absolutely right so we have no no reason to gripe although you know what we're gonna gripe anyways. we can gripe i gripe all the time yeah it's uh that is for sure and that's okay because but i'm doing a six-week program on a book it's called may cause miracles not so an advertisement by the way Maybe I'll be changed internally. And I've got one of my morning uh, reflections written on my computer just to remind me. And it says, I am willing to let go of my self-doubt. Mm. I surrender to self-love. Ooh. So that's that's my mantra for a couple of days ago. That's kind of hot. It's trying to get rid of that nagging voice in your head that only speaks negatively to you. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess. And, you know, me as a positive person, I have that, too, sometimes. Just like, you know, if I fail at something, I'm always like, ah, you piece of sh-, you know. You Mine's a real bee. It, really? it runs all day. Didn't we have that episode? Was it on this or like our previous podcast where we talked about internal dialogue? I think it was our other podcast. Okay. We had one. We had a podcast like two years ago that never really took off. It was a general thing which i thought i loved it but anyways um it was we were like what's your internal dialogue like like what is you know what are you usually saying to yourself what do you sound like i'm like internal dialogue what the hell are you talking about and you're like you don't have an internal dialogue i'm like no if i see like a you know a stapler that i need to get i go get stapler and then i walk over to it oh i wish (laughs) mine goes from the moment my conscious brain wakes up until i go to sleep at night yeah and it's normally pretty mean really Mm -hmm. why what's the reasoning just like, oh, you're not doing this good enough. You could do this better. Gosh, that's got to be really, really deflating. It sucks. And that's why I'm doing this book to see if maybe... And it honestly, the other morning I woke up and I'm like, oh, crap, I got to finish doing that episode. I hope I'm doing it okay. And right away, the other person jumped in and was like, shut up. And it like squashed it. Do you picture somebody squashing it? Like punching them down or I something or what? I just picture silencing it. Okay. Not violence. Is that what they tell you to do? No, it's just basically let love overpower the fear. Oh, okay. So like, okay, fear. Okay. Yeah. You can mm-hmm. have your say, but you're done now. And now it's love's turn. You know what I wondered? Where does that come from? Because obviously when children are small, all they know is love and positivity. So where does that voice start to creep in? Ooh, that'd be a good episode to dive into. Because um, like kids have such innocence and they, they're not jaded by the world world yet i mean they can kind of be dicks to each other sometimes yeah but i'm talking like six-year-olds like these little girls we were taking a walk yesterday and they walked up to our daughter and they're like do you want to play in the park with us yeah and our daughter's like 12 and she's like um no i'm going with my parents but thank you you know you know so they were super sweet we our dog got like a free treat hopefully it was not poison i know when they were feeding it i was like shit i hope (laughs) so (laughs) it was like a homemade gummy so i don't know she loved it and she's fine so i mean they were like a wholesome little bunch yeah yeah and I was the whole time I'm hoping, please don't die tomorrow or today even. That'd be worse. So I, know. I had a lot of things planned. I can't be burying our dog. But the whole thing is, is like, where does that negative self voice? And maybe you guys are very positive people and you don't have it. But my.
mine is a real bee. Well, there's a reason that book was written and probably a bestseller, I'm sure. And literally every person, every especially females, it seems, but I'm sure males have it too. We just don't talk about it a lot. We just internalize it and be like, we're yeah, mean. And process, uh, process it differently. I wonder if it's like society and commercial advertising and things. Because I, like I've told about before, every commercial for women is like, you're not good enough. You should buy this. Mm-hmm. You, know, whether you it's, need this cream. You yeah. need to join this gym. You got to buy this bag. You got to take this cup or whatever. It's just like, no, you're, you're fine. You're beautiful. There's a lot of pressure, I think, on women because, you know, we're moms. If, you know, if you have kids, we're wives. You know, I'm a dietitian. I'm a podcaster. It's like all these things I always think in my head, gosh, I'm the jack of all trades and the master of none. Well, yeah. And, you know, executives at, at companies, you're always thinking, did he do that because I'm a woman? Or is it, or you know, same with my, my any minority group. Is it like, was I chosen for this because of this, you know, skin color or something? And it's like, you're always thinking, you know, as a white male, it's kind of like, I don't know. I just, I don't have to think about that stuff. And it's, that's where like the whole privilege thing comes around. I don't want to get political mm-hmm. or anything, but it's just like, you know, I was lucky to be born like this, you know, because I don't have to deal with a lot of stuff like that. But um, so that's what's going on in my world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to be positive <laughs> in, in this brain of mine. And uh, I did set myself two reminders to talk about today because I don't remember anything. And Allison, of course, without even being reminded by her phone, was like, "Hey, did you set those reminders for this and this?" I'm like, "Oh wow, you remembered everything." You're like, "You're a psycho." So um, I I say, you know, the the vegetable, the white vegetable that's like a cousin to broccoli. Um, so not the green vegetable broccoli, but the white one. I call that cauliflower. And that's <laughs> last Sunday I was making this dish with this vegetable in it and we always joke about it cuz I do not pronounce it like that. So I'm always like you're such a freak. Yeah, and I didn't think it was that different. So I just I don't know if it's like a Chicago thing where I got raised or whatever, but no cuz you got raised in the same area. Yeah, we were raised 5 minutes from each other and, and in my household we call it cauliflower. And it is kind of spelled cauliflower. So yeah, that's the AU. Call cauliflower. 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 You, you say cauli. I know, but that's closer to cauli than your cauli. Cauliflower. Cauliflower is well, what you say. I also, my people at my work make fun of my kind of Chicago-ish accent when I'm like, salad. Salad. Give me a salad and a pop. I want a salad. Yeah. And uh, lastly, so we, I, I always shout out our patrons at the end of the show. So if you're a patron and I've never mentioned your name, please tell me because I just go by what the list says and I look at it as it's updated. So, um, it, you know, computers aren't perfect. A human's not perfect. We're not perfect. That no, is for sure. Absolutely not. And uh, Morgan reached out to me. She's like, hey, um, I don't want to be, you know, be uh, difficult. I'm like, no, you're, you're like helping us with your hard-earned money. Yeah. Like, please, you got to get what it says. And if there's any problems with anybody, like some, I have some people reaching out to me with how to get subscriptions and stuff and how to get on their phones and that's totally cool because i want you to be able to listen to your bonus episodes so mm-hmm. um but i was gonna like i was trying to think of morgan for like a, a special song because you know there's like allison road and there's like you know some different names and songs for different people but i couldn't think of a morgan song so i'm just gonna come up with it on the on the spot and it's probably gonna be horrible so i'm sorry morgan but i'm just kind of scared right now Ooh, morgan you're the one for us Ooh, morgan you you're the nicest one on the bus. If there was one, ooh, Morgan, thank you for supporting our show. I'm sure Morgan's been on a bus before. Maybe, maybe not. Well, a school bus at the very yeah, least. Yeah, maybe so. she took a bus to school. Yeah. So all you patrons and folks, and hey, you know, I get it. If you don't want to support us, uh, if you if you don't want to support us financially, that's fine. But uh, you can subscribe to our YouTube channel or our podcast channel. Just make sure you do that. That helps us out, and that's free the to do. The little plus button. Yeah, and as we always say, if you've listened to us three times and haven't left a review, and you have an iPhone, then go ahead and. 
head on over. We it's appreciate time to, it. Time to put out, you know, just uh, that's the least you could do. You know, give us five stars and be like, hey, they're super cool. Something, something short. Write something because that's really big. Because there is uh, some person out there that's putting out bad reviews. So. On specifically husband and wife podcasts. Yeah. yeah. Like the, almost the same review on all of them. Yeah, and it, we are wondering why. And on that note, I have to say we have an awesome support group with our fellow podcasters. It's like a tight knit community. We support each other. Rather than pull each other down, we bring each other up because we're all in this together. Or they say the rising tide makes all the boats float higher. Whatever the saying is. But it's like yeah, everybody everybody goes up if you're everybody supportive. So on that note, go listen to Till Death to Us Part, the true crime couple. They're all awesome. But you know, we were trying to theorize like what, what the person's point was on that are they trying to form a podcast and bring us down like what could it be but i i can't imagine wanting to start out like that i don't i never share negative things about people and i don't like pulling people down to get myself up i would never ever do that yeah maybe uh, that's why i'm not a millionaire also melissa on the till death us part podcast is starting a cool little uh instagram page called the middle class fraud so uh, I'll link to it in our show notes. It's uh, it's kind of cool. She's uh, she's trying to figure out how like she can use all the things in her closet and not have to buy more excessive crap. So I'm all about that being frugal. I haven't bought like a new shirt for myself and I don't know how long. So my uh, problem is I have no sense of fashion because I wear for sure. scrubs in the day, workout clothes in the afternoon and then pajamas at night. That's my wardrobe. And then when like my daughter and I went to the mall, I had a pair of like jeans on with my cool Nike shoes you got me for Christmas. Those are cool. And you got a nice dump truck, so that helps quite a bit. Dump truck. Yeah. So hats off to Melissa for being a fashionista. Yeah, and she's super cool. Yeah, she's lovely. Yeah. So on that note, should we get started? Let's do it. So of course, as all of our episodes are, you know, it's a terrible story. It's a sad one. This is the murder of Laura Wallen, and this is a listener suggestion from Scarlett. So thank you so much, Scarlett. So it was 2017, and Laura Wallen was a 31-year-old woman who was a teacher at Wild Lake High School in Columbia, Maryland. So we're in Maryland, and it's 2017. She was a highly respected teacher who absolutely loved her job. She had actually earned the Teacher of the Year Award just the year before in 2016. That's crazy. And this is at least the second story we've told about a teacher that was like an amazing teacher. Mm -hmm. I mean, above and beyond. And we all can think back to when we were in school and that teacher stood out for really, really caring, not just checking the box off on like, ugh, you kids are nothing but, you know, pain in my side, but really wanting to help their students out. I mean, I have a, a science teacher that, I mean, he was just the best thing ever. So I, I just think awesome teachers deserve so much praise and respect and money. So she had been extremely excited. The upcoming school year was going to be starting, and she had been working tirelessly to get her classroom ready where she taught social studies and law. Laura was a dedicated and involved teacher who always put her students first. Laura's sister was in contact with her on a daily basis, and when her family had trouble reaching her, they immediately started to worry, excuse me, what was going on. They just knew something must be wrong. So Laura's sister reported her missing on the evening of Labor Day, which was Monday, September 4th, 2017, And then basically everything was solidified in terms of their worry. When the next day was Tuesday, September 5th, it was the first day of the school year and Laura didn't show up. 
which obviously she would have never done had she had a day where she couldn't come in. She would have done what she should have done, which would be to contact the school so that they could set up a substitute teacher. And this did not happen. So Laura's sister told police that she had last seen her on Friday, September 1st, and last had contact with her Saturday the 2nd. So anytime any the last time anyone spoke to Laura was on Saturday, September 2nd. There was no reason to believe that Laura had voluntarily disappeared. This was really not even a consideration. Police went to her home in Olney, Maryland, and found no sign of Laura. They also didn't find any sign that anything was amiss or that there was harm placed to her at her home. Nothing seemed out of place or out of the ordinary. At the time, Laura was also four months pregnant. Pregnancy is a very vulnerable time for a woman. And oftentimes, you don't think about this, but there's a lot of domestic problems during pregnancy. So that was something I really didn't realize until I got into this true crime community. Mm, I didn't realize that either. Very dangerous, vulnerable time when you're in a volatile relationship. Well, yeah, absolutely. Because you're hoping there's like so many you know, variables involved. You're like hoping that it fixes a relationship. You think it brings mm-hmm. you closer, but you know, a piece of garbage gonna, is going to be a piece of garbage. So that's not going to fix things. But the, ugh, the stories with pregnancy, it's mm-hmm. just... Because it's not just the person that's falling to harm. It's yeah. also their unborn, innocent child. Right. So when they contacted her boyfriend and the father of her baby, this is 33-year-old Tyler Tessier, he said that he had not seen Laura and was unaware of where she might be. So as the search began, investigators found Laura's black 2011 Ford Escape. It was parked in a gated apartment complex in Columbia. You know, she had no relation to this apartment complex. There's really no reason why it would have been here. It was actually across from where the high school was where she worked. The front license plate was removed. The car had been backed into the spot where it was found. And her phone and driver's license were found near a a dumpster in the complex. At this point, investigators focused their search on Howard and Columbia counties, and volunteers helped to pass out missing person flyers, hang up missing posters. So both Laura's parents, Gwen and Mark Wallen, as well as Tyler, took part in a televised news conference on September 11th so that they could plead for the public's help in finding Laura. They offered a $25,000 reward at this point. While Tyler spoke during the conference, he told reporters that he had known Laura for about 10 years and made an appeal directly to Laura. He said, Laura, if you are listening, it doesn't matter, excuse me, what's happened. It doesn't matter what type of trouble. There's nothing we can't fix together. Interesting. So he's, it's, it's, you're saying that because it would be weird. Like she's, you think she's staying away by herself. You don't think somebody's like captured her or done something bad to her. You think it's her. So you're automatically like, what's Tyler up to? So he finished by saying there are so many people, so many people that miss you. So many people who were out, who haven't slept. We haven't eaten. We are just looking or praying that you are safe. That was his plea to the camera as he sat next to Laura's parents, actually holding Laura's mom's hands. But what Tyler didn't know at the time was that this was a calculated decision, making his plea to allowing him, I should say, to make his plea to the public with Gwen and Mark by his side. 
Both police and Laura's family believed that they knew who was responsible for Laura's disappearance, and they believed that this person was Tyler. So as they're sitting with Tyler, they believe that they're with the person who did whatever happened to Laura, that he did this. Wow, that had to be hard, sitting right there and Mm -hmm. just pretending, being like, oh man, I want to do everything I can to this guy right now and put him behind bars, but you just got to let him talk and hopefully says something stupid because there's a lot of stupid criminals out there. So police had this theory because of the inconsistencies they noticed while they were speaking with Tyler over the course of four interviews between September 5th and the 11th. The fact that Tyler was participating in the news conference was a calculated decision and one that the family approved of in order to help get information to find Laura. So it was hard. Yeah, but hey, like you said, calculated and smart. Very smart. So Mark Wallen later said that sitting with Tyler during his plea to the public was absolutely the hardest thing that my my wife would do, would be to sit next to him and hold his hand. And she had to hold his hands uh. with two hands because she was shaking so badly. Ugh. And I'll post a picture of this on Instagram. It had to be just like, I don't know. I don't know the proper word, heartbreaking, or just like, ugh, I don't know, <laughs> like vomit-inducing. Like, just right. like, ugh, gosh. But it took a lot of strength for them to do this, and... And they must be very strong people because they really put up the front. Um, Laura's dad actually had his hand around his wife and on Tyler's shoulder to really make him believe that we're in this together when they did not believe that. You know what? That might be a little thing, but physical touch is a big thing. And it's also kind of um, like a a side play on like... um uh, power a little bit you're kind of saying like i have power over you mm-hmm. i was i was recently hearing that and i'm like oh man i touch people on the shoulder sometimes i'm not trying to say i have power over them but it's it is like a subtle little thing that's kind of like yeah you can go ahead say feel free to say what you want i mean i do it for comforting purposes because i work in a hospital and obviously i'm living in people's worst times yeah so i put my hand on people's shoulders just to say like i'm with you i'm yeah. here to support you So, you know, Mark is going on to say, but we did it because as any father would do, if your child is missing and someone has that child, we were pretty sure it was Tyler, but we didn't know where she was. And you can't put someone away on a missing person. No. So that wasn't good enough. They needed to get to the bottom of, we think this guy's responsible, but we can't really do anything until we get more information. And as hard as it is to say, you got to say, you know, we got to find the body. We got to have DNA. We got to find find the murder instrument assuming that she's gone which at this point absolutely the police and everybody's assuming she's gone right which has got to be the worst thing you can possibly be like the worst position you could possibly be in so mark indicated that throughout laura and tyler's seven-year relationship he had been a liar and said that the only thing that they ever fought about with their daughter was her relationship with tyler he was the sum of any argument that they ever had So Mark described him as a monster and a liar. If he was speaking, he was likely lying. That's the Mm. kind of guy you're dealing with when you have this person. You know what? We've talked about this before, but like there's people that just lie. I think it's just because of approval and like wanting to be liked. Poor self-esteem. Yeah. I was listening to the Huberman podcast and they had this guy, David Goggins. He's like, I used to lie to everybody because I wanted everybody to like me. And I just wanted to say what they wanted me to say, what they wanted to hear. And it was like, it could be about anything. And I just wanted them to like me. And I'm like, okay, I can think of people in my life that lie and they're like that. They just want approval. They want people to like them. It's crazy. It's really sad. 
So after ongoing questioning, Tyler told police that Laura came to him asking for his help and told him that she wanted to disappear. So this is one of the many, many things he told police. And like we always say, if the story is changing, there's a problem. Because when something happens, you tell it as it did over and over and over again, no matter how many times you have to tell it, it's going to be the same because it's fact. But in this case, he changed it so many times. So he claimed that she went on to say that the father of her baby was a student of hers. Mm. How freaking dare he? Yeah. And she was embarrassed about the situation and wanted to get away before anyone discovered her secrets. So again, one of the many things. So of course, police start to look into Laura's cell phone and her credit cards and such. Laura was a person that never used cash. I'm very much like that. I, I never, ever use cash. I use no. card. So there was no reason to believe that she was out on the run using cash. Her last transaction from her debit card was made on September 2nd, which is the date that her sister had last confirmed speaking with her. This happened between 8.30 and 9.30 p.m. at a Safeway store less than one mile from her condo on Rolling Meadows Way in Olney. When police went back to review the grocery store surveillance, lo and behold, Laura was with Tyler in the video. This was the last known sighting of Laura alive. So it was police's belief that Tyler was the last person to see Laura alive. And because of his inconsistencies, he was obviously deemed a high person of interest. Probably one of the only people of interest. So family had seen Laura for the last time, like I said, on September 1st. It was three days before she had been reported missing. And then the next day, September 2nd, which is the last time her sister spoke with her, Laura had gone on a trip with Tyler. Laura texted her sister on the 2nd and said, Tyler has me on an adventure in the country. Not sure why. Excuse me. I don't know what is going on with my voice today. Perfect situation for a podcast, though. I'll say that. Well, you do speak on a podcast about twice a week, including bonus episodes. So it's (laughs) perfectly okay. So my apologies. So she's telling her sister Tyler has her on an adventure in the country. And she said, not sure why. But it's for something. Waiting in a field is what she said. A friend of Laura said that Laura had the belief that maybe Tyler was bringing her to this location so that he could propose. Because again, they've been together on and off for seven years and she's pregnant with his child. Got a baby coming. So it's like if now is the time, it's the time. Shotgun wedding, as they say. Right. Not that there's anything wrong with that. No. So he told investigators that he had taken her to the property because he was trying to buy land to build a house for them and their new baby. So two days after the news conference, it's September 13th, and police were searching the perimeter of a wooded location in Damascus after they had been made aware that Tyler had frequented this area and had recently taken multiple trips to this location. So obviously they're going to go there. Why has he been going here? I mean, this is pretty much, this is exactly where they're going to find her because, I mean, what, what are the odds that she's gone an adventure in the woods in, you know, the last time that she talked to anybody and then all of a sudden she's gone. So, I mean, this is 100% where she is. So as they searched, they came across an area of freshly dug earth in a secluded part of a field. Tyler had told police that Laura was wearing a purple shawl or a vest when he saw her last. And the sad thing is, there's a picture of her in this shawl or vest. And she's smiling at the camera because she doesn't realize the extent of what a monster her partner in life is. Was this picture on the day that she was? I believe so. Yeah. 
It's just so sad to even think about it. So lo and behold, what police see coming from this freshly dug part of the earth, they see a piece of fabric in plain view that's purple in appearance, and it's protruding from a 10 by 10 area, 10 foot by 10 foot. With the help of cadaver dogs, they found Laura's body in a shallow grave. Mm. The autopsy showed that she had been shot once in the back of the head by a 22 caliber weapon. His friend's house just happened to be a mile and a half away from the spot on this property. And in this house, he had access, Tyler had access to four weapons, one being a 24 or 22 caliber gun. What a coward. She was probably just walking and he probably yep. just popped her in the back. What a disgusting idiot. And loser. his child. What, what just a, remember that, that she's not alone. Well, I was, that was going to be part of my question. Was it confirmed his child and everything? Yes. Okay. So her car's front license plate was found in a plastic bag of trash on the property. The property is owned by one of Tyler's close friends and includes a farm that is surrounded by acres of open fields and woods. Very, very, very remote, quiet. Nobody would know what he was doing out here when he brought her. The property owner told police that he had actually been out of town because keep in mind, it's the weekend of Labor Day. A lot of people go away. So Tyler had this area completely to himself. Since Laura's disappearance, cell phone records place both you know, Laura and Tyler at the spot together. Okay. So, okay. I mean, this is basically looking cut and dry. Yeah, good. I, I love everything. I don't love it. I love no, for, for Tyler to go justice. away. Yeah. So, Laura and Tyler's relationship had been, like I said, on again and off again over seven years. It was not a good relationship. It was very rocky. Anytime they went through a breakup, it was very short-lived. They soon got back together again. On Facebook, Laura had referred to Tyler as her sweet cowboy and posted photos of the flowers that he had sent her just because. She posted a picture of a note that read, I love you, that she had just happened to find in a cabinet between dishes that he had left for her just to make her smile. So, you know, she's portraying him as this, like, you know, sweet, good person. But deep down inside, he's he's a monster. And a she, what is it? A sheep in wolf's clothing or something? Or a wolf in sheep's clothing. Opposite. Right. Yeah. Sheeps are nice. Sheeps are nice. Wolves are not. Well, right. he's a wolf. Right. So despite what Tyler told police about Laura getting pregnant by one of her students, this was obviously proved to be untrue. They did DNA testing, and lo and behold, Tyler was the baby's father, just as everyone knew. Well, yeah, why not drag her name through the mud right. after you just drove her body through the mud? Piece you of crap. Garbage human being. So they discovered that Laura was carrying a healthy baby boy between 13 to 14 weeks. Oh, God, that's so... I mean, We already know it and just saying it. Like, I didn't even want to say that she's... Like, I'm saying she's gone because I, it's, I don't know. Like, that's just kind of rattling me a lot. So I don't... It's like so freaking sad this guy as a father that like is so proud of his kids you know whether they're doing good or bad it's just like i can't imagine a parent like <laughs> killing you find that your kid. daughter is gone and that she didn't know and now you're discovering that you had a grandson that you'll never know Ugh. it was you know that baby was robbed of of growing and allowing laura to give birth and, and be his mother i mean every good grandparent will be like if you guys can't support them financially like we'll take the kid we'll of raise course. the kid as our own you know like a, a community somebody wants a beautiful baby child you know but so, laura wanted that beautiful baby child yeah i don't like whatever tyler's dumb ass is going through here it, there's some way around it you know it's not killing your girlfriend you idiot moron He's a snake so as police looked further into tyler's background lo and behold 
they discovered that he was in a relationship with another woman, which could have been his motive for murder because now he's backed into the corner and Laura's pregnant. Yeah, maybe have the conversation with Laura. Like, um, you know, 60% mm-hmm. of marriages end in divorce because the guy says, or the girl or whatever is like, you know, I'm in love with somebody else. You know, it's a horrible thing, but better than going to jail, you stupid moron. He's a coward. Yeah, totally. So, it is a, this is the biggest coward move you can make. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's like I'm not going to have the hard conversation. I'm just going to shoot somebody. Like, what an idiot. He's in this, you'll only you know hate him more as the story goes on good so what laura hadn't known was that while she and tyler were on one of their many breaks he began dating another teacher and moved in with her in 2012 so that's five years before same school or i don't know that i i would doubt that so i mean when i say this story happened in 2017 he met this woman five years how do you leave lead a double life like that? It would be exhausting. Yeah, tell me about it. I mean, so, one life like this is exhausting. So. I, well, I mean, really, I, I think that sometimes, like, I'm up to my eyeballs in the day to day. You know, right. don't get me wrong. I, lo- I love you. I love the kids. It's just like but a lot to of stuff. Have going on. another relationship is just I don't know how people do it. Right. So even after he got back together with Laura, he maintained his relationship with this other woman. Both women were completely unaware of the other woman. And that's why I'm not mentioning this woman's name. It's out there. But she shouldn't have to be brought down. She didn't know about this situation. She was dating some dude named Tyler. Mm -hmm. And that's all she knew. So at the time of Laura's disappearance, Tyler was essentially homeless. He just bounced around between a few locations so he would go to laura's house he would go to the other woman's woman's house as well as the friend's property where laura's body was found like what a loser loser man. i mean i get me i i understand that living places is very expensive sure. but like if you have nowhere to go like and you're an able-bodied human being you know go get a job like at a waiter or he whatever. was working okay so. yeah he had a job okay. i think he's a leech yeah it's much easier to just go and stay with other girls and suck off of their money and not have to put it out yourself so he had a job there's people that do that so that summer when laura told her parents that she was pregnant with tyler's baby her dad was concerned so he sat down with tyler at a local starbucks and asked him what his intentions were since he knew that the relationship was so rocky now you're bringing an innocent child into this what is going on what are what's the plan here so tyler told mark that he loved laura and planned to get married with that he pulled out an engagement ring and talked about wedding plans mark had heard the rumors about another woman but tyler looked him dead in the eye and this is coming from mark's mouth that he said this he looked him dead in the eye and insisted that he had not seen this other woman in two years tyler assured mark that his intentions were good and he would look after laura and the baby to this point, he had gone with Laura to all of her doctor's appointments and accepted that he was the father of the baby. That very same night, he used this engagement ring that he whipped out in the Starbucks and showed Mark to propose to the other woman. Wow, what a liar, conniving bastard. Like, he's just such a waste of life. So the other woman said yes to Mark's proposal, I'm sorry, to um, Tyler's proposal, and the wedding was planned for one month after Laura would have given birth to, to her baby. Oh my gosh. During this investigation, detectives became aware of the fact that Laura knew about the other woman. She found out. She had actually texted her on August 28th. Oh. So only days before she went missing. 
and she asked this other woman to meet up with her. She said, it's important that some things are cleared up, and I would imagine that if you were in my position, you would want some answers as well. By no means is this an attempt at confrontation, just looking for an explanation woman to woman. So that was text. I mean, that is a confrontation, but Well, yeah. sure, they're addressing the fact that this guy's living two lives. Right. And if I was the other woman, I'd want to know all about it, too. Right. But police, uh, I'll tell you why this woman may have thought otherwise. So police believe that within days of this text message, this is when the wheels started turning in terms of Tyler planning Laura's murder. Well, now they know about each other. But what, how did he think this was going to play out? He planned a wedding for right around the time that Laura was going to give birth to their child. How how was this going to end in his mind? Well, good news. Um, a lot of these idiots don't think that far ahead and just think this is the way to do it. And they're morons and complete, like, useless idiots. So uh, thank goodness for idiot murders. I mean, the, the, the idiot murders are the best ones out there because you can put them behind catch. bars. Yeah, thank goodness. So because of, you know, Laura now knowing the jig is up, she knows about this woman, uh, they believe that uh, Tyler is trying to now do damage control and went to the other woman and convinced her that he was living, that, that Laura was crazy, excuse me, and that she was stalking him. And, you know, do not believe anything she texts you. She's upset that we broke up and she's crazy and she wants to get revenge. Well, yeah, Tyler will say whatever to protect himself. So because of this, when this other woman would have received the text message from Laura, she would have told Tyler about it, and he replied to her about this, saying, I could literally kill her. That that was his response to the other woman. Well, that's going to be used in court. So Tyler initially denied being in a relationship with anyone, because of course the police are going to ask, how is your relationship with Laura? Is there anyone on the side? He's doing what he does best and saying, no, he's lying. So obviously now he's faced with the evidence that police have. There's no turning back on that. He was forced to admit it. Police believe that Tyler brought Laura to this remote area with the intention of killing her so that she didn't interfere with the relationship that he had with his now fiance. When Laura texted her sister about the trip that Tyler had taken her on, her sister asked her for a picture. When police viewed the image, it matched the location where they ultimately found Laura's body. Mm. Tyler had taken her to the area twice, once on the second when she would have sent this picture to her sister, and then again the following day. Police believe that it was the day of the third that he shot and killed Laura, and it's likely he intended to do it on the first trip, which was the second, but because of her text conversation with her sister, he waited. So he was probably like seeing, oh, who are you texting? And she's like, oh, my sister. And he's like, oh, crap, can't do it now. Isn't that just awful? Uh, it's garbage. Yet he brings her back to the exact same location. Yep. So investigators interviewed an acquaintance of Tyler's who told him that who told them that he had received a call from Tyler on Sunday the 3rd when we assume he would have shot and killed Laura. He asked if he would drive him to Baltimore to pick up a car late at night. The acquaintance found this strange and quickly refused. Tyler later texted him and said, "Sorry man, didn't mean to make you feel like I was trying to put you in a bad spot." When the acquaintance responded that he thought it was a bad idea to go to Baltimore late at night, Tyler responded, it probably is, just trying to clean up a mess. 
So police believe that after Tyler killed Laura, he began hiding evidence and trying to cast doubt about who the father of Laura's baby was via text messages to her family. He sent Laura's sister a text message on Labor Day, which was the day that her sister ultimately reported her missing. So it was from Laura's phone posing as Laura. Uh And it said, I am like 95% sure that Tyler is not the father. I am going to try and get a hold of Antoine. I am probably going to lose my job over this. Tyler is never going to forgive me. If he tries to call you, please tell him he's a great guy because I know I really hurt his feelings. Like she just gets this random text like out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. It's like, okay, we've been talking about how you're going to the woods and now I'm getting a text that your your baby's not yours and then it comes out that you're missing and dead. It's like, okay, that's, that's why they knew as they were sitting with Tyler. Okay, he's the one that mm-hmm. is responsible for this. So Laura's sister was confused by the text because she was so close to her sister. Again, they speak every single day. She doubted that her sister would have ever sent her such a thing over text message rather than talking to her in person if she was actually doubting who the father of her baby was. And on top of that, she said that Laura had dated a man named Antoine about two years before her death, but had no contact with him since. I was going to ask if there was an Antoine student. I was like, that's no, not a student, somebody that she had dated. So detectives determined that Antoine was living in Massachusetts and confirmed that he had not seen Laura in two years. He had received a text from her in February, but they had not seen each other in years. The name Antoine in the text that was sent from Laura's phone was spelled incorrectly. It was spelled with a W rather than A-N-T-O-I-N-E. So right there, you know, it's kind of like, okay, how, why would Laura spell his name wrong? Right. Um, Also, the texts were not consistent with her usual writing style. We have said this in other episodes. We all have a certain way that we text. And whether you know it or not, like you do. Yeah. And if you suddenly start seeing something different, like if Mike got a text from me and things weren't capitalized or instead of spelling Y-O-U, I set the letter U or or I'm sorry, the letter U, he would be like, that's weird. Yeah, 100 percent. Because I I use perfect punctuation and capitalization and all that. It's because of your generation. Yes. Yes. And I've I've since uh, left all that to the wayside. And now I don't use punctuation anymore. Oh, okay. It's just easier. It's faster. You don't have to double space. After <laughs> yeah, because that or Y O. It really, it's so time. Oh no, I still use Y O U, just not put no periods at the okay. end. Okay, I guess you're cooler than me. Well, just so you know, if you're texting somebody younger and you put a period at the end, they think you're yelling. At I don't them. care. Okay, just telling you, yelling a period does not. Well, like you're being like stern. Well, they Please, can believe thank whatever you for the they coffee. want. That's on them. That's not on okay, me. Okay, sorry to digress. So. With the information that police had, Tyler was arrested on September 13th. This was two days after he sat in front of the camera and pleaded for Laura's safe return. So he was charged with first-degree murder as well as obstruction of justice, tampering with evidence, and making false statements. Due to Maryland law, he only received one murder charge since the fetus must be viable outside of the womb at 23 weeks gestation or greater. She was about 13 to 14. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, I, yeah, it's a whole other conversation. But uh, I mean, to be able to put a murderer behind bars, there should be like special situations. It should be like after insemination, you should be able to be like, okay, there's a, you know, there was a potential human being in there. So you're, you're going for like a, at least a murder and a half or something, you know, I don't know. So he spent his 33rd birthday behind bars on September 16th after a judge ruled that he would be held without bond. 
Despite the fact that he had no criminal history, he was deemed a danger to society, so he wouldn't be allowed out on bail. So when police initially questioned Tyler, he denied having any involvement in Laura's disappearance and claimed that he had no idea what happened to her. I know I mentioned that, but I'm just reinforcing all he's doing is lying to date. And real quick, so a danger to society, I don't, you know, I I like to think of things on both sides. Obviously, Tyler sucks. I hope he goes to jail forever. Um, He killed um, Laura because of her being pregnant and he also the other girl on the side. So like, do you think he'd go out and like hurt somebody randomly? You know, they don't know what he'd be capable. I mean, I guess they evaluated him and thought, yes, but I, this is something definitely targeted. He's not going out and like randomly killing something. I guess they just didn't know what this person would be capable. Yeah. I'm fine with him being behind bars. I'm happy he's behind bars. So he claimed that during an argument on September 4th. So this is another story he's telling So they were at Laura's home on September 4th. They're arguing, and she had gotten extremely upset. He said she was hysterically crying and demanded her house key back or she would call the police. He said she lunged at him with scissors. And in the process, she ran into a post on the porch, which caused her to collapse to the ground. This story is just unbelievable, I'll tell you. So Tyler said that he believed that she was dead. So he brought her to this field where he then buried her. Obviously, police are going to ask the obvious question. What question do you think that might be? Um, where is this or where did no. it happened? What? Well, then why did we find her with a gunshot wound to the back of the <laughs> oh, yeah. head? I forgot about that little detail. <laughs> I'm, I'm not laughing by any no, chance about Laura. But, but it's this, like, the absurdity of the story. She hit her head and there's a bullet in her head from behind. I'm not, again, Laura, I'm so sorry to Laura's family, but like the idiocy, I'm laughing at the pure idiocy of this Tyler moron. <laughs> Completely absurd. So, of course, now he needs to explain this away. Like, this is the extent of, of this person. He's saying she bumped her head on a Post. It's like when somebody's cheating on somebody. It's like it was accidental. Oh, did you trip and fall on top of them or something? Right. It's like, yo, she tripped and fell and shot herself in the back of the head somehow. Like, so obviously now he has to give an explanation. <laughs> oh man, he's so stupid. <laughs> this is unbelievable. He explained that he was worried that it was possible that he had actually buried Laura alive. So he went back to the scene and fired one bullet to ensure that she was dead because he didn't want her to suffer. Yeah, that was that's it's smart. That's super nice of him. Man, he like a horse, like a dead there horse. Talking to police saying these things. Yeah. Like you can't make this shit up. They're like, "You serious, man? You you think this is like legit?" Unbelievable. So in another interview, he claimed that after their argument, he asked Laura to meet him at the Nordstrom's Cafe at Columbia Mall so that they could have a calmer conversation. Of course, he's making her out to be this hysterical woman. So he waited for her for two hours at the cafe, but she never showed up. He said he went back to her condo, but he never entered it since he had already given back her key. Laura's neighbor said, no, I saw Laura. I saw Tyler walking Laura's dog at about 2.30 p.m. that day. Family members confirm they found the dog inside the locked home later that evening. So obviously a lie. They're like, okay, any other stories we can prove like false? Like in the worst part is like these are easily proven false. Well, there's another one. It's it's another goodie. Good. So he went on to change his story again and told police that African-American men entered Laura's home and kidnapped both of them. They forced them to drive to Damascus, and this is where they shot Laura. They then asked, well, why weren't you shot? 
And he said he pleaded with them for his life, so they let him go. Please, African-American men, please don't shoot me, African-American men. Unbelievable. They're like, okay, man, sounds good. Uh, You know what? You seem like a nice guy. I'm just going to shoot your girlfriend. Yeah, sure. You've seen us. Go on. Go. Go back home. No problem. He also admitted that the last known messages sent from Laura's phone to her sister were actually written by him, which obviously investigators already suspected. Like this, this is something from like the 1980s where it's like, it was a black guy, you know, that came in and smashed things. It's like, come on, are you just going to like, like, this is as good as you can do. You're just like grabbing things from thin air. It's like, you're watching something on the news. You're like, oh yeah, um, it was an African American man. It was, uh, the, uh, and his name was, oh, it says Townsend Townsend. Right. Yeah. So the prosecution felt that their case was rock solid. There was no doubt that Tyler was responsible for Laura's murder. Did they find the weapon? So the weapon would have been from the house right. on the property. He yeah. had access to them. That would have been a twenty-two caliber gun from that house. Right. So yes. Okay. So he had gone on living a double life for years. And when Laura got pregnant and found out about the other woman, all the cards were falling and Tyler knew that his worlds were colliding. It was the text that Laura sent to the other woman that sent his murder plan in motion. He originally planned to be gone that weekend. So he was going to leave the weekend of Labor Day, which was September 2nd. The other woman was getting ready to start to plan their wedding. So they were going to go to Pennsylvania to look for bridesmaid dresses. So now all of a sudden he needs to be free to do this horrific thing that he decides to do. So now his wheels are turning again and he concocts a story that he injured his knee while walking his dog so that he would be unable to sit in the car for the four hour drive to Pennsylvania. So he's got to stay back. So in all actuality, there was nothing wrong with his knee. He just wanted to free up his weekend so that he could go through with the murder. Mm. So he contacted Laura and made arrangements to go on this so-called adventure to this field where her life ultimately ended on September 3rd. It was the prosecution's case that the murder was premeditated, which was evident by the location where Laura was killed and buried. Which makes it worse for him. And as you're saying this, I just hope there's no plea deal. Please don't say plea deal. Please don't say plea deal. So they wanted to bring the jury to the murder scene, which happens, but very rarely. Wow. They wanted to, them to fully understand just how remote and hidden this area was. They didn't feel that the pictures would ju- do it justice. So this would require the use of four-wheel drive since the location was off-road. The path curved down a long hill and went down the corner of a grassy field where she was ultimately found. There was an animal processing facility close to the field where Laura, Laura's body was found. It's believed that Tyler used a skid loader that was on the property of this facility to actually dig the shallow grave where she was buried so they just wanted the jury to just see everything there i mean that's awesome for the prosecution to be able to do that i I can't believe it was allowed so because the uh, location was so hidden the person would obviously need to know this area very well and have planned this out so there was an aerial image of the site with a picture of the tree line which was where laura sat in the truck truck excuse me and sent her sister a photo of herself where she was ultimately found phone records again placed them both there at this location after tyler buried laura's body he drove her car to the apartment complex across from the high school where she worked and this is obviously where it was later found 
One of the witnesses, one of the witnesses would have been a friend of Tyler's who said that Tyler called her and asked her for a ride from the apartment complex in Columbia. The woman picked him up there, brought him back to Laura's house where he had left his car. She also said that Tyler asked her to lie to the police if they asked her about picking him up there. Tyler eventually admitted to driving Laura's car to the complex where it was found. He elaborated by saying that he dumped her car there and her belongings, removed her uh, front license plate after Laura informed him that he wasn't the father of the baby and that she needed to go to the real father about her pregnancy. She allegedly said that she needed a day to sort things out, so he hid her car. He was doing her a favor. Mm -hmm. He disposed of her things to buy her time so that she could figure out what she was going to do. However, this is not where they found the license plate. The license plate was found where her body was. Mm. So the prosecution was seeking a sentence of life in prison without the possibility of parole if Tyler was found guilty. Tyler's three-week trial was set to begin on Thursday, September 6, 2018. He woke up at 4.55 a.m. at the Montgomery County Correctional Facility in Rockville, Maryland, where he had been living for the past year. He was showered. He was getting dressed. He planned to have breakfast before the trial was set to begin. The prosecution would never get the chance to present their evidence in front of this jury. He was last seen in a cell alive and well at 4.36 a.m. 20 minutes later, he was found dead. Mm, coward killed himself. Just exactly how you would expect this guy to go out yep. the way he lived his life. Yep. So Tyler had been in an individual cell, but he wasn't in isolation. He was in a pod with 15 other inmates in individual cells. He left behind five suicide letters on his bunk bed. Five. Wow. Five. The five letters were forensically analyzed before they were sent to their intended recipients, and only his fingerprints were found on the letters, which eliminated the possibility that somebody else, you know, set this up and killed him. Yeah. He never admitted to killing Laura in any of these letters. These letters will never be released, so we won't we won't ever well, know the I content. Really don't care what they say because they're all lies and they're all totally. stupid. Like What's I don't. The point? I don't give a rat's ass what this guy has to say to anyone. Anybody. The medical examiner indicated that his cause of death was hanging, which was ruled a suicide. There were no, no drugs or alcohol in his system. This was the second person in a 65-day span of time to take their life using a sheet at this very facility. So after his death, they the county removed the sheets from the cells. Nice. Good they idea. doubled up on the blankets instead, just in case you're worried about their coziness in Comfort. there. Comfort, yeah. So Montgomery County State's Attorney John McCarthy said that the letters indicated that he had been considering suicide for some time. Obviously, it's the day of reckoning. His trial or, trial was going to begin. He didn't want to face the, you know, the, the consequences of yep. what he did. So he had to end it right then and there. So when McCarthy addressed the media the same morning, he said, we were robbed this morning of the opportunity to allow the public to know the true nature and details of this crime. There should be no question in anyone's mind in this county that he was Laura's killer. I think today was where it was all going to crush down on him. He knew this discovery. He knew the evidence. And he knew today was the day of reckoning. I think he took the coward's way out. He had psychotic behavior that he carried on as he maintained a dual relationship with two women, one for 10 years, one for seven years. To Tyler Tessier, lying was like breathing. So um, what was I going to say again? It just flew out of my head. Shoot. Uh, do, do, do. 
Uh, uh, anyway, we'll see if it comes back to me. So Laura's family never got to see Laura's accused killer face his trial and potential justice. That's what I was going to say. So technically, you know, obviously we live in a country where you're you're innocent until proven guilty. Right. And, you know, he's not her convicted killer. But we all know the truth. Yeah. I mean, does that really matter? I mean, I, it really doesn't. But, you know, it it might in the minds of some people. Nah, I don't but know. we all know the truth here. I mean, as long as... Laura's family's okay with yeah. it. I'm okay with it. You know, Me it's just, too. I mean, everybody knows he is. So whatever it says in the history books, like, I mean, maybe like in 200 years. Oh, no. It's like, I was thinking of like, if somebody goes to Ancestry.com, it won't say it in the listing, no. but it'll say it on every single website ever. So right. you look up his name like this. and you're going to see the truth. Yeah. My old grandpa, Tyler or whatever, not grandpa, because he didn't have any kids because he killed his uh, unborn his child. Yeah. But like cousins or something be like, oh, our cousin Tyler was a murderer. Right. Yeah. So Gwen Wallen found some sense of peace and said, as awful as today is, I feel at peace because I was worried for my family and I was worried for my other two grandsons to have such a diabolical human, if you can call him that, in this world. So as long as her family feels peace, that's all that matters. Exactly. So Laura's dad, Mark Wallen, spoke and said, we can move on and we can hopefully remember our daughter as the wonderful woman that she was. We will not, unfortunately, know our grandson. So again, at the time of Laura's death, she had not learned that the baby was a boy because it's still early on. Oftentimes you don't get that news if you choose to until like maybe 20 weeks. So she didn't even know she was carrying a boy. Nobody knew. Um, regardless of that, she had already picked out a name in case she did have a boy, and she would have named her baby Reed, which I love that name, Reed. Mm -hmm. Maryland is among a dozen states where there are no or limited laws for fetal homicide. Gwen and Mark introduced legislation to make the consequences more severe for the defendants like Tyler in cases of deadly violence against pregnant women. For sure, 100%. Absolutely. So they've introduced Laura and Reed's law to, to allow prosecutors to charge for the murder of an unborn child at any stage of development. They know this bill won't fully heal their wounds, but it will help another grieving family to seek justice. Gwen and Mark were present in May of 2019 when Governor Larry Hogan signed the bill into law, which says that 10 years can be added to a guilty person's sentence, which to me seems too low. Yeah, but, but it's a start. You it's know. a start. It's, something. it's better than nothing. Something changed because their daughter you know, and their grandson you know, were murdered by this idiot. And not to mention, you should have some sort of tacked on charge for that life yeah. that, that you e extinguished from this world. I think at least a half, you know, at least a half sentence, you know, for so like if murder is 50 years, it should be at least half of that. Or if like, you know, depending on the degree of the murder, it should be another half of whatever mm -hmm. that is. So Gwen feels that not only will the bill protect at-risk women, but also honors Laura and Reed. Right. And that is the terrible story of the murder of Lauren Wallen, as well as her unborn baby boy, Reed. Well, thank you for telling us that. It's it's important because, you know, this won't go down in the, like you said, the records of him being the murderer. But we all know that this piece of garbage was the murderer. Absolutely. So. There's no doubt in anyone's mind that this is the case. Yeah, scumbag. So, all right. Well, thank you so much for listening. Uh, thank you for all your support and stuff. And you know, every single one of you, whether you're a patron or not, if you can, you know, leave a good review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Spotify just lets you leave like five stars. So go ahead and do that. Or uh, if you have an iPhone, you can go ahead and write a little something in Apple Podcasts. Um, which is super cool. But um, we want to say welcome to our latest members of the Crime and Coffee Couple Club. Their names are Lillian, Luis, Martha, Liz, Riley, and Tracy. 
So, like, for instance, I think Tracy messaged me and she was like, hey, um, which one should I do? Because we're getting Apple Podcasts set up and we're doing the other one. I asked, you know, where do you listen from? If you listen through Spotify, then Patreon's 100% the best way to go. If you listen through Apple Podcasts, then, you know, Apple Podcasts is the best. It's the same content. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, and you are the mastermind behind that. So, where are we well, at with that? It uh, should be all done today, hopefully. So, Well, I don't like the lack of confidence in your voice there, mister. Well, here's my thing is I don't like to promise something and yeah. not deliver so. i'm big on that too so the goal let's say that yeah the goal is to have all 40 some odd bonus episodes transferred over and available because we had to get um uh a, they had to allow us what is the what is the word approved of? it's so funny when you when you're on the other end of the microphone all of a sudden like your brain can go haywire yes approved because i listen to podcasts and sometimes i'll hear people trying to get the words and i'm like oh it's blah 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 yeah and you know how it feels because <laughs> you're doing it right now So i know how it feels so yeah so we had to get approved by apple podcast so that took a bit of time but it, that's no excuse because i knew that coming into it so yeah well nice try to make me an excuse i'm just trying me. to make you look better that's I appreciate all it. no don't i don't so <laughs> so anyway the goal is to have all 40 some odd bonus episodes available for you over at apple podcast if you'd rather use that as your platform instead of patreon the only reason you use apple podcast is if you listen through apple yeah otherwise which, go to patreon if for spotify or other yeah methods i'm an apple podcast user that's me you are mm-hmm. and you are also allison and, my and name's lovely. allison and very comfy today um, and cozy i am i am i'm wearing my northern illinois university husky sweatshirt go huskies that's right that's our alma mater um and i think the our latest patreon and went to Northern Illinois too. Oh, how so, about that? Tracy, the same one. Yeah. Go Huskies. Go, go Huskies. Huskies do it doggy style. Yeah, we used to sing that in the stands. Huskies do it doggy style. I was like, oh, that's not really appropriate. No, it's not. But hey, well, now that that's in our brain, I guess we got to go. So <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, we appreciate you, like Mike just said, all of you for being here. Thank you so much. And until next time, bye. bye.